welcome to the Stalk and I podcast for single women considering solo motherhood by donor conception. I'm your host, Mel Johnson, the solo motherhood coach and solo mum to a three-year-old daughter. We're a series one of the podcast focused on making the decision to become a solo mum. Series two is covering the process itself. Each week, I'll chat to a different guest to cover each step of the process of becoming a solo mum. In today's episode, I talk to fertility mindset mentor, Alice Rose. Following her own fertility journey, Alice now supports and empowers those trying to grow their own family. You may have seen her on Instagram on her This Is Alice Rose account. She also offers courses and guided meditations for specific parts of the fertility journey, as well as the journey as a whole. Alice, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you for having me. So my listeners are mainly single women who are considering solo motherhood as an option. And one of the things that I wanted to talk to them um, about on the podcast is how to best manage going through that journey, which can be really challenging. And I know that that is something you're super passionate about. Um, so before we get into that, um, do you want to just give a bit of a, um, an introduction on yourself and your journey and how you sort of came to be interested in this? I would love to. Thanks, Mel. Yeah. So I started trying to have a baby and, and it like immediately thought that I might have some fertility issues because I've never had regular periods. They were always wildly out of sync with all of the textbook what it was supposed to be so I just I just and I'm I tend to be quite an impatient well I was a very impatient kind of like come on let's get this fixed kind of person so I just went straight away to the GP and I was actually referred for a scan straight away just because they were like okay yeah that doesn't sound normal let's just see what's going on and literally from the get-go I actually went straight into you know really assisted reproduction because they immediately found that I had fibroids and then they said I was polycystic and so I had an operation to take off uh, get rid of a fibroid which is just a growth in the in the womb if anyone doesn't know I didn't have a clue when they were like oh well you've got a fibroid in there and I was like okay what's that and they were like well it could obviously you know impact conception and I was like really obviously what pardon hey hey like and people I do find that healthcare professionals sometimes speak like you know exactly what they're talking about and you're like I have literally never heard of a fibroid what the f- is a fibroid um anyway so yeah I was into it straight away and what I found was that I became absolutely neurotic and totally obsessive and lost myself and just it was it was it was one of the most um all-consuming things I've ever been through and what ended up happening was that I had um 11 rounds of fertility treatment before I had my daughter so that's not 11 rounds of IVF but it was 11 rounds of treatment um and you know once you get into this world of kind of taking ovulation drugs and tracking your cycle and even if you're not in treatment it can be really really intensive and you know even on that first month i remember you know taking a pregnancy test because i i as usual my cycles were were wild so i had absolutely no idea where i was in the cycle so i thought well i'll take a test because it's been you know a long time since my last period and it was negative and that was one of the first times I remember being like, wow, this is, this is really hard. But what happened to me while I went through all of that was that 
as I said at the, at the start, I tend to be a kind of like, right, let's get this fixed kind of person. So I sort of switched my mind from being like, right, I'm, I need to have a baby immediately to, okay, this isn't happening. How can I use my, you know, solution focused kind of programming in my brain to look at ways that I can actually manage this? Like, how can I, how can I rewire my brain, my subconscious to actually be okay with the fact that this is what's going on with me? How can I reach a level of acceptance, a level of peace? How can I actually live my life while this is all happening? Because I had no idea when it was going to end or if it was going to end with the um, result that I wanted. So I just started doing loads of um, self-coaching really and didn't realize that that's what it was at the time. I just was throwing myself into to personal development, even though I really didn't understand what personal development was at that point. But I ended up going through um, something called the Artist's Way, which is a it's, it's it's a book. It's a hard you know a hard cover. It's not hard cover. You know what I mean, like an actual book that you hold in your hands. Um, but it's a course, a twelve week course in kind of rediscovering yourself. And it just spoke to me because I was, you know, I'm sort of a little bit artistically inclined, and it just it was just my way of like finding. Um, self-development and personal growth really and I just found myself in a completely different frame of mind and it was absolutely game-changing and I, I say that without any you know I, I, I'm, I used to be a little bit like you know held myself back a little bit because I felt like oh maybe it's a bit maybe it wasn't that amazing and I was like no no it was it was completely transformative and I, I can say that hand on my heart because from that moment of understanding how to you know, rewire my outlook, my life changed. And that was well before I knew that I would have a daughter and that actually I then welcomed my second IVF baby into the world last February. So yeah, that I, I sort of found myself, sorry, this is so long, Mel. <laughs> no, no, it's really interesting. But I've got to find a way of like, you know, getting this down. But anyway, um, it, it revolutionized my life and it, it really did stay with me. And I, what, what was so transformative about it was that I... I remember like looking around at the time and being like, where are the stories about this? Like, where are the people saying this is possible? All I'd heard was how horrendous it was going to be. That's all. And that was why I was so scared of it. So yes, it is challenging, but yes, there are ways that you can manage it and that you can cope and that you can find a different way of, of um, approaching it. I think what it really sort of like takes me back, I can remember vividly feeling in the same situation in slightly different circumstances, I felt all consumed by the fact that I was single and wanted a baby and felt so far away from being in a position where it was ever going to be able to happen. And the same as you, there was no stories. I was like, am I the only person in the world who wants a baby and is single? Because um, I can't see anybody else talking about it. And um, I think being obsessive, definitely. Also, I think, yep. <laughs> um, because it just takes over every single... You can't do anything with any enjoyment whilst all you're thinking is, um, but what's going to happen? And I think for me and for many other single women, one of the problems is just not knowing and I always remember being a little bit weirdly jealous of people on a fertility journey because I was like at least you know that you are trying to overcome something I don't even know if if there's anything wrong and at that point I didn't really know that I could check 
So, but the all-consumingness of it, yeah, I definitely felt. And interestingly, um, also did, I read the book, I can't remember who it's by now, Julia someone, and is it the one with morning pages? Julia Cameron, that's the last play, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also... Absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, I love morning pages because I love like writing stuff out and like getting that pen and paper flowing and getting all your thoughts out. So what would be super helpful then, I suppose, is um, so for a lot of people looking to become solo mums, what I predominantly help people with is changing their mindset around how they thought that they would have a baby. So many of us grow up presuming that we'll meet a partner and have a baby in the traditional, in inverted commas, way. And it takes some rethinking um, to get comfortable with the fact that that might not be how you do it and um, we're going to take a different path. And what I always say to people is it's not um, worse, it's just different. And so you need to look at how you can make that path equally positive, but just different. And what sometimes happens is people do loads of work and loads of thinking about is this something I want to do? And then finally, it took me, I think, about three years, and I know a lot of women say the same, of considering and waiting and seeing if you meet someone and then thinking, I'm going to do it. And then don't realise that that's actually the start of the journey, really, because then they um, have to go into this whole um, system of um, trying to conceive, which... um, as we know sometimes is is definitely not straightforward so um what what are your general sort of tips for people as they start to get on i suppose the first step is um for someone who thought it might be quite straightforward after they've made the decision and then starts to realise that their journey might be a little bit more complicated. What have you got any sort of key learnings, top tips that you would give to people? I think, yeah, this is so, so interesting and so important to talk about, isn't it? And I think um, what what happens sometimes, I feel like when we when we suddenly realise that, oh, this is so not what I thought it would be, we then get a bit overwhelmed because we go into trying to look for all of the all of the knowledge or that we go, you know, and we're Googling everything. And then we're trying to look, basically, we're trying to give ourselves like a fertility degree, you know, by trying to absorb like all of this information or, you know, researching other people who've done it. And, and it can just get a bit much. So one of my top things that I try to encourage people to do is kind of have you know one or two or three maximum like trusted sources of information and that's where you get your information from so whether you decide to go for you know one um doctor that you follow on instagram or something and then one website and one um person who's been through it like a mentor you know if you have got your your sort of three trusted places that you go for information and that's that then you're not going to have that overwhelm um and second guessing because that decision making is so difficult and it's there so you know there's a lot at stake with like every decision that you make and it can really add to our stress levels as we're going through it so just trying to pare things back and like take away some of the noise because what we need to do is increase the art of listening to actually what we want like what's in our heart and it's really hard to listen to that when you're also trying to listen to like everything else that's going on you know different websites google instagram everything um so it's really important to just try to see that every time you make a decision 
you know, do it, do get, get yourself informed and be empowered with that knowledge. But also the, the main thing to think about when you're making a decision is, is, am I, am I listening to what I want? Am I, does this feel right? Like, am I, do I feel good about this decision? And I, you know, when you're in a really good state, like a good headspace and really connected to your heart and your soul, you know, decision-making is much, much easier. And I actually had to make a really big decision <laughs> last week, not fertility related at all, but you know, there was a lot of money at stake and, and I was finding this like, gosh, how am I going to make this like massive decision? And, you know, and I just, but I just always come back to this, like, this almost like intuitive thing but you can't use that intuition when you're when you're overwhelmed you can't hear what you really want if you're not in tune with who you are and what what you know how you're actually feeling and you know so there's some there's lots of techniques you can use aren't there to kind of really do that and meditation obviously is one of them um but you know if meditation's not for you and sometimes it's not for me like i i try to live intuitively as i said and you know some days that's just not going to work but i might go and do something else and i call that building your life raft so that's for me i look at you know i don't actually have it all written down now but i do encourage you know people who who do my courses will know all about the life raft because I have like, you know, a whole PDF download and you fill it in and like, this is what you do when you feel like this. This is what you do when you feel like this. And it's all personalized and all tailored for you because no one can say to you, just go and do a meditation. It'll be fine. Well, sometimes that's just not going to work because actually what you need that moment is to go and drink a bottle of wine. You know what I mean? Like you have to like (laughs) listen to what it is, you know, day, day to day. So so that's, yeah, that's a sort of rambly answer to that question. But it's really important because it basically it's different for every person of what works, but it's also different for you at different times. So what might work at one time doesn't always work. And I think it's really interesting talking about decisions because I think my coaching clients often feel like they're just, it's full of these massive decisions and it feels like, I've got to make the right decision and there's this massive pressure mounting up about making a decision. Um, And I always try to say, you know, there isn't really in this process right and wrong decisions. There's just taking path A or path B and it's about deciding which is the best one for you in the moment rather than trying to take the pressure off a little bit about making decisions. But there's a thing with um, solo mums that sometimes it can feel quite lonely because we are making a decision on our own and it sometimes it would be nice if there was someone else in it with us to make decisions but I'm really aware that that's a positive and a challenge because um actually sometimes it's easier to make a decision on your own following your intuition when it's just you um can be easier do do you find that people you know there's an an extra level of complexity when you're in it with someone else and you're having to take care of their needs as well oh it's also it's also individualized isn't it because i mean you know, we, uh, my relationship is, um, you know, decision-making, we, we, we will sit down and just have a, a, a talk about it. And, and it's always, you know, it's not, it's, I don't find that to be one of the, the most difficult things for me. It's more about um, keeping boundaries up around myself so that I don't take in too much of others opinion about what decision-making I should take, because as I said, with the trusted sources, like I do think it's a sensible thing to do to ask one or two other people like, right, this is my situation. Can I get your, you know, informed thoughts? 
but I don't want opinions. I don't want opinions from like, you know, everyone around me because we're all coming to things with our own perception anyway. So that's not even that helpful. All you need to do is to make sure you're, you're not, um, you know, saying to every single friend, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? Because it'll just confuse you. <laughs> Get so many different thoughts about it. And like, it's so true. And I am such that person. I can't, I need everyone's opinion. And <laughs> then almost wish I hadn't asked for it because then there's too many. And if I don't agree with it, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I agree with that. I'm like totally a recovering like opinion seeker, 100%. But I, and I, but I, I literally stop myself now, you know? And I really, like what I was saying with that decision I had to make last week I really stopped myself from asking like everyone in my life like what do you think I should do what do you think I should do I talked about it to people in my life but I didn't ask them what I should do because I know that it has to be from me I asked you know I spoke to two people um who I knew would give me some helpful you know informed information because it wasn't helpful to ask everybody so yeah it's just being really aware of those boundaries and keeping yourself protected and, and safe really yeah. I think what's interesting is um when you haven't got a partner this is definitely what I tend to do replace not having a partner not with one person but with quite a few people and that can be challenging and and I talk to my coaching clients about who are you going to let into that decision-making process versus who are you going to tell after you've made the decision because you don't want too many people to help you but there can be a tendency because you haven't got one specific person to then sort of like cast the net quite wide so it's really good advice to be really clear on um who you're choosing and not to cast that too wide I think it's really and you know you 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 can be one of those people can't you like the more that we can kind of mindfully distance ourselves from this big decision that we're making and that's where meditation is really helpful and mindfulness really really helps because it just gives you a little bit of, of distance so rather than being totally you know all consumed by this decision because it's going to affect your life so much and how are you going to feel if this works out or doesn't work out and you know it just rem it just gives you that slight detachment so you can almost look at look at things um from a different perceptive perception so that you're able to, to to be that person for yourself become the observer to your decision making process <laughs> which sounds a bit um difficult but actually it's not when you when you're when you're working on this stuff is it and I think that's such good advice because my go-to is always I need another person um, and actually if I get confident that I can make that decision myself and it's not you know it's, it's a comfort blanket having another person sometimes whereas you're like actually I'm more than capable of making these decisions myself I just need the confidence in myself I can make them absolutely it's so rooted in confidence and I, lo I love um there's someone I really really respect and she really uh is so intuitive um her name's Lauren Barber and um she uh, again actually she was one of the people who I was talking to <laughs> this is all very cryptic isn't it the decision I had to make but she was saying you know it's about it being a full body yes like if it feels like a full body yes for me and like every part of me it's like yes that's the right decision and I think that's so interesting because if you can second guess yourself yeah but if, it, if there's something that doesn't feel right then and also you know 
don't be afraid to, to backpedal sometimes and you know it's your prerogative and it doesn't mean that you're not you know you haven't made the right decision and then you're backtracking and then you think as if it, if you make a decision and then you go you wake up the next day and you think actually do you know what i want to change my mind that's fine as well mm-hmm. you know you don't you don't sort of have to stick to it because you've you've done it but that also is quite helpful in terms of maybe don't tell like everyone you know straight away you know get give yourself a bit of time to kind of think you know to let it settle um it's like choosing you know paint for your living room <laughs> you know think about it put it on the wall do you like it yeah okay fine then go for it but if it's up there then the next one you come down you're like no nah, i don't like that i'm gonna start again you know true and so you've talked a little bit about mindfulness and meditation um, and i know that you do some really specific ones um, to help people through specific periods now i know different people have different ideas about what it is whether they can do it or not what what's your view of it and how it can help in this process so my view with meditation i mean i just to say you know i am not a trained meditation teacher or anything but i wanted to put down and make an audio recording of the words that i wanted to have heard at those specific moments for myself so for me it's more about really affirmations i suppose and just helping people and they're all guided you know the 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 content i make is all guided stuff so it's really accessible for people who maybe wouldn't have tried it before and in fact you know that's one of my my aims i suppose is to try and find people who otherwise would be just like you know not knowing how on earth to cope with you know a negative test or a, a pregnancy announcement that triggers them i want to be like a, a voice in someone's ear that can just be you know there is a kind of anchor for them to hold on to and the words that i use are just you know really i hope empowering and affirming and just validating and and comforting and also try to take people on a bit of a journey from just being totally flawed and unable to to you know think how they're possibly going to get through the rest of the day to actually thinking you know what i have got it in myself i can get up and i can carry on um so yeah and so it's always about for me as well just keeping your mind open with this kind of stuff so if I know I know exactly what it's like because some people will be like oh no 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 not for me I can't quiet my mind it's absolutely not for me (laughs) and I I would say to people who are thinking that like you know if you have an alternative that works for you then that's great if you're thinking I literally don't know what to do with myself why not give it a go you know try try different things because the more we keep our minds open the the more good stuff there is in the world that can come in come into them (laughs) and you don't know how you're gonna you know you don't know how you're gonna respond to stuff um and also it does take some time for for things to kind of really you know get in there sometimes i think it's 21 days isn't it to establish a habit something like that which is why doing something like you know i don't know if anyone else did yoga with adrian in january adrian louise is a um you know like nine million subscribers on youtube or whatever and she does this every day every every january she does a 30-day yoga journey and it's just brilliant because it helps to give you something to focus on day by day and i've done i mean i'm a little bit behind but i've done 25 days of yoga in january which is more than i did the entire of 2020 and it is about habit isn't it and it's about establishing that yep i'm the kind of person that come you know 6 p.m i go and do my yoga and that just becomes 
a part of your of a part of your routine so let it become a part of of your routine let your self-care your self-maintenance be a part of what you do and don't let it be something you turn to when you just feel awful and then you let it go again yeah and what, what I would say about meditation is um I want to be better at meditation so I and but that it's all when you want to be like that it's that's going to be the time when you can't you know it, you need to think about it less but what I do find most useful I think it's for me it's easier is a guided meditation um because you're listening to someone else's sort of guiding you through it and so I think if people um, haven't had success with meditation before or haven't done it before a guided meditation is a really good place to start because someone else is sort of like doing some of the work for you in that sense aren't they absolutely yeah I love guided meditations and yeah I mean in my, I, I it's something that I'd love to learn more about and I'm looking at doing some meditation teacher training and mindfulness teacher training and I'm gonna do I'm doing my coach training starting at the end of February which is really exciting for me so yeah it's all about and I the, the thing is I think as well like when you are in that space where you're kind of excited about life and excited about things that you're taking in and learning and like filling your cup like that's when you're actually in touch with who you are and when you're going to be better able to manage decision making and you know because what we do what we tend to do when we're trying to make a baby is like just focus on making the baby because we think that's going to make it happen faster but actually we need to reprogram that and remember that we are full whole human beings and we need to fill up all of the things that human beings need and actually that's going to help you with everything that comes with a fertility journey if you can remember that you are a whole human being that needs to fill all of the cups up <laughs> yeah no I fully agree I talk about that in my coaching course as well about how if this is your number one focus it will take all of your energy whereas if you split your focus between all the things that are important in your life then it becomes less of a you know this doesn't take over so much then so it's figuring out how you can get back a little bit isn't it to having other things in your life not just having this as the center which sometimes you know is 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 challenging so what sort of parts of the process have you made um a meditation for um are there specific things that you that you guide people on so my little meditations are there's a self-compassion for pregnancy announcement meditation um, because I just recognised that pregnancy announcements were such a huge trigger for so many people and people really, you know, it's, a, it's quite almost quite a contentious one because obviously announcing a pregnancy is, is wonderful and joyous and no one should, you know, be worried about sharing that news. But if you are going through a difficult path to bringing home a baby, it can really floor you. So that one is really about just giving yourself a moment of self-compassion to start off with because we feel so guilty when we don't feel anything other than pure joy when we hear an announcement we feel so guilty and actually you're just a normal person who's experiencing normal feeling so it's it's just to help with that and then i have um comfort and strength for a negative test um and i have lots more in the pipeline but my other little downloads are, are there as well my kind of mini courses and everything but yeah i just think it's really helpful sometimes to listen to something absolutely what you know the, the words that you need and with someone who just understands and just to, to be yeah a, a, a friend who 
with no with no strings attached like you don't have to give anything to me i'm just there for you in your ear <laughs> you know yeah so my advice would be for somebody exactly what you said go and try one and if it helps perfect um i like things like that i do like it for specific things so if something sort of triggered me a little bit i think okay let me just uh, like go through a process of trying to deal with that so i think that's a really good um a good time to use the guided meditation and then what about comparison so comparison is something we heavily discuss in my choosing solo course because for solo mums many of us have a tendency to compare how it would be if we had a partner so almost like the fantasy version of our life i love to to think about how my life would have been if Ryan Reynolds would have gone for me <laughs> rather than Blake um, but it wasn't to be <laughs> so so it's like comparing to the fantasy version that you thought might happen and then there's also the comparison to real people um you know in your life that have, that from the outside look like they might have it all together and then there's the comparison to each other so one of the things of having a community is that if you're all in it at the same time it is then hard to sometimes not be like oh but they're further ahead or they've you know um so what do you sort of do have you got any techniques to try to block those things out and focus on you and not compare oh yes so i really resonate with this completely i used to be you know plagued with comparison um right the way from you know my uh acting career which did not take off in the way <laughs> in the way that i wanted it to all the way through to fertility and i really did find that what we're doing when we're when we're comparing is we're just constantly looking out we're looking out at what other people are doing or what other people have or what else is going on over there and it's so you know just lots of compassion to everyone who who finds themselves doing this all, all the time because again it's just such a natural normal human thing that we just you know and i do think you know social media is um really doesn't help with this because we we have you know found ourselves in an era where that's normal to kind of look at everyone else's highlight reel and actually it's just not reality anyway so we have unfortunately found ourselves you know conditioned to look outwards as well so it's not our fault that this is happening but that is what's going on when we're comparing and that we're, we're looking at other people and wondering why our life isn't going in the way that we want it to or their house is better or they've got three kids or they're in treatment i'm not in treatment yet whatever it is so the the really the answer to, to comparison is to come back in and to and and i know how hard this is you know like I, even this week i was triggered by something you know not fertility again but just like a just um yeah like a professional thing i suppose and it just it, i was just like oh but what i find so so helpful is that every time this happens it first of all start with self-compassion i'm really interested in in the in the concept of self-compassion and again i'm, I'm really want to learn more about it but self-compassion to start it's okay i'm not you know I, i'm doing really well actually i'm doing really well and just a little bit of affirming and then to come back in and go what is this actually shining a light on like why what can i learn from this comparison trigger that's just come in you know how can i what what does it mean what do i need to do for myself rather than just going you know it's not fair or 
how all all of the things that we like to tell ourselves replace those thoughts with you know choose healthier ones like choose the thought that actually you want to feel and it is a bit like you know fake it till you make it just (laughs) you say the thoughts that you want it's okay I'm calm I'm whatever you want to choose find those affirmative thoughts and just keep saying them and, and it, it comes back to that and it comes back, back to practice as well and, and understanding that we do have the power within ourselves to decide how we want to react to stuff. You know, we don't have to be reactionary. We can stop and wait and let that trigger come into us. Feel it, feel it, feel it. Do not deny your feelings, whatever you do. Just let that come in because they're teaching you something. Every feeling that we have is, is telling us something that we, that we need or that we want. So again, it comes back to listening. So if we're listening well enough to whatever that trigger is, is giving us that comparison trigger, and then we can give ourselves what we need. And I just find that such a relief because I just think, you know what, whatever happens, as long as I'm in tune and I'm in touch and I'm listening, I- I'm going to be okay because I've got the power within me to give myself what I need. And even if giving myself what I need is going to get support. So it doesn't always have to come from me. It doesn't always have to come from me being like a strong you know, independent woman, like doing this completely by myself, not that at all. What it could be is like, right, okay, I'm really not feeling good. I actually need to go and get some counseling, or maybe I just need to call up my best mate or whatever it is and being okay with being vulnerable as well. So it's, yeah. And, and I don't know if that's answered your question. I feel like I went off on a... No, absolutely. No, it's, it's absolutely answered that. I think um, it's so true. And I think what was your sort of approach for spending time with people who were pregnant or were further ahead on the journey? Did we, were you able to still do that or did you have to have breaks from people or was it a bit of both? How did you deal with that? So I found myself, because I, I got myself into a place where I was really comfortable with, um, you know, I got to a place where I was really comfortable by, with, with sharing what was going on to an extent with my friendship group. So my friends on the, you know, my, my good friends knew what was going on with us while I was going through this. Not that I told them every single detail because I needed to keep a little, little bit of a safety bubble around myself. And I just had like one or two people who I really like told everything with. Um, so that did mean that they were aware. So if there was a pregnancy announcement within my group or whatever it was, or somebody was pregnant, you know, we had a relationship or a really open dialogue where the people just understood. But actually, because of that as well, I, I was not in, I wasn't very triggered by, by that kind of thing. You know, that, that, that's not to say I was never, um, <laughs> because I do remember one specific friend who I absolutely took a break from because it was that, you know, that's specific circumstance that she was in and I found that really difficult because you know without going fully into it it was her third child and they hadn't been trying again and it just you know told me on the phone out of nowhere and it just it was really really hard that was really hard and I did take a, a little break from from that friendship and and that's absolutely fine to do that and you know and I know it's a bit sad and this was one of my oldest friends in the world so it, it did feel difficult and it felt sad but I knew I knew for the sake of our friendship actually that I I had to see the bigger picture and be like do you know what 
just for now, for however long I need, I'm just going to gracefully just back away. You know, it doesn't have to be a big thing. I don't have to make a huge thing of it. I'm just going to distance myself a little bit. And I did. And it was the right thing to do absolutely in that moment. And I'm really happy to say, you know, a few years back down the line, since then, we've sat down, we've had a cup of tea, we've talked about it. And I said, you know, do you know what? thank you for allowing me to do that and it really is testament to a really amazing friendship that you know we did we did last the distance having said that there will be relationships I think along the way that don't make it through this and that is really sad it is really sad but again it's a part of kind of understanding and letting go I guess of if if that if that friendship can't actually manage this this you know ebb and flow then maybe it will come back in five years or something like that. I think it's really nice to just imagine that, you know, we're just, we, we, people come in and out of our lives and it's about kind of riding that wave, isn't it? And it's totally normal. And I think it happens on lots of different sort of life stages, doesn't it? So, um, uh, you know, the, people aren't always there forever. Sometimes they're there for a period and it doesn't have to be a negative. It can just be a natural end to something. Um, or like you say, it can be more of a pause and then um, come back later down the line. I think what's really good for people to think through is um, understand what triggers them, see if they can reframe it and to reframe their thoughts or see if they need to avoid it for a bit and have a bit of a break for it and just whichever one works for you at the moment I guess is is what people should do absolutely and whichever one you decide a massive dollop of self-compassion with whatever is right for you because it really is okay it really is okay with whatever you need Fab. And then lastly, I just wanted to talk about the community, um, the, the trying to conceive community, the fertility community. I've got the solo mum community. Um, what, is that, what do you think that community brings for people and, and the power of it? What do you see in that? Oh, it's, it's game changing really, isn't it, Mel? I mean, it wasn't around when we were trying to conceive. It just wasn't there. I mean, I think there were forums or something buried in mum's net. I don't know. But I just, I, for me, it wasn't accessible. It wasn't available. And I just didn't really have, I just didn't have it. I didn't have a community when we were going through this. So I think it it is amazing. And it also comes with a couple of kind of uh, you know gentle warning signs I suppose <laughs> in that you take from it what you need and what's helpful and you know at the same time always prioritize your energy and your well-being so if at any point you know you're finding things are a little bit overwhelming or you're, you're finding yourself kind of swept up in anything you know this is I suppose talking about the Instagram TTC community really fertility community um which is a, it is incredible I mean it's it's huge it's global it's 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 you know there are, there are millions of us <laughs> in there now which is which is kind of remarkable and, and so exciting in loads of ways um but it can be it can be a little bit um, a little bit overwhelming. So I, I, I think my, my thoughts with that is like, you know, you use it, use it for information, using it, use it for finding peer support um, and, you know, events. But I, I think that just just be aware, like be aware of what your, you know, place in it is. 
So true. One of the things I think definitely with the solo mum community is it helps normalise it. So sometimes you think that you're the only person in the world who's going through this. Then you find out there's people across the world in exactly the same situation. And I always feel like there's nothing better than reading what someone else has written and thinking, yes, that's exactly, I wanted to have said it exactly like that. That's exactly how I feel. And there's something reassuring with that. But yeah, depending on the stage of your journey and where you are and how you're feeling, there might be times where it is a bit too much. And so, again, it's completely fine to just take a break from it for a while. until Yeah, and just just use it mindfully, you know, come in and out or whatever you want. But it's there and it's incredible that it's there. Absolutely, as you say, normalising it, raising awareness as well. Like, you know, I try and help people to stop saying stupid things to people. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's one of my other passions. It's like, please stop telling us to just relax. Please, please, please just stop it. Um, but it keeps needing to be said because people keep saying stuff. So, you know, that, you know, there's, there's loads of great stuff about it. Yeah, we've got a list actually of um, like the key one is, oh, you'll meet someone when you're least expecting. Ah. <laughs> you're only young. You've still got plenty of time. And, you know, there's, there's a whole list of ones for um, solo ones. I bet. I bet. Um, so if people want to hear more, where, what are you up to and where can they find you? Well, I think, as you said, this is, uh, I've just started running my six week mindset transformation course again, reclaim, which, um, I have no idea who's going to be joining me <laughs> on that journey as yet. I'm just launching it now, but I'll be running that. And also my new, um, membership is open until um you know for a short time so if people do want to come and have a look and see what's going on there um i would absolutely love to see you there if you're if you want to come and find me on instagram then it's this is alice rose and i am usually yeah on there sharing i hope helpful bits and pieces sometimes just having a chat (laughs) um and just so i'm just i'm just so interested in in you know, the power that we have inside ourselves to transform our lives, which I just find like never endingly interesting and exciting. The fact that that's always available to everyone, I believe in context, I do want to say that, you know, it's easier than uh, it's easier for some people to access that uh, mindset work than it is for other people, because we are not all on the same starting blocks. And I do want to emphasize that. But the fact that it is available just I just find it so interesting so yeah come come and find me to to hear all about mindset stuff and transformational stuff yeah and a fellow lover of a good old kitchen dance Alice love a kitchen disco (laughs) Mel love a kitchen disco (laughs) if all else fails get the tunes on do a bit of absolutely my god yeah like you can't go wrong with a dance in the kitchen it really does fix quite a lot of uh quite a lot of things <laughs> exactly and what a lovely place to end I think let's end on a kitchen dance <laughs> well thank you so much I think some really good tips for people I think they'll find it so helpful and I will share your website um, in the notes so people can know where to find you thank you so much Alice thank you so much for having me if you've enjoyed this episode of the Stalk and I podcast I'd hugely appreciate if you rate review and subscribe I look forward to seeing you again next week.